Bear on Bears fans, Chicago Bears podcast, Pat the Designer here, your boys running dolo today, but that's okay because we had a great weekend of football, gotta sit here and react to the Super Bowl, what we saw in the Super Bowl, did it change your perception of what it takes to win a championship or are you still standing where you were before the game, reason why? game manager, uh, a system guy versus the generational talent that has proven that he's a generational talent in Patrick Mahomes. Got to talk about that. Also, Brad Biggs putting out a report that uh, it's a done deal. The Justin Fields situation is over. It's done with. We're moving on. We're on to the next one. Everybody pack it up. We're up out of here and that we're just waiting to see which quarterback the Chicago Bears draft. If that is the case, what kind of draft compensation could the Bears get back in a situation like that? All that and more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five-star review. Y'all know what to do. Appreciate you guys for showing so much love and support. I do want to start it off with this, honestly. Now that the NFL season has officially come to an end, I want to start it off with a thank you. Uh, thank you to everybody who supported the Chicago Bears podcast in this first season of football, where we we're still going to be covering football five days a week, 365, all of that. Right. Um, but the support that you guys have shown, how you've embraced me and ESPN family, how you have how you have uh, uh, followed the this show and how you've shared up the episodes, how you've supported. Thank you so much for all that in this first season, even though our team has not had the ultimate success. It has been an absolute blast to sit here and talk with you guys and be in the comments and be in the Twitter comments and go back and forth. And even if you are a Fields fan or you're a Caleb Williams fan, it is it, it it's an enjoyable time when I get to come to work every day and say Bear Don and I get to sit here and talk about my favorite football team and I get to break down what we're seeing on the field and we can agree, we can disagree, but at the end of the day, we're all Bears fans. And I just appreciate you all for embracing me, for rocking with me, for the people who hate me. It is what it is. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, and for the people that love me, y'all already know what it is, right? It's all love. It's all love to everybody, but still. I just, I, I'm really, this is this has been the biggest year of my life career-wise, right? Of course, marriage, children, different things like that. But career-wise, this has been the biggest step that I've been able to take. And we're just going to keep stepping in the right direction, man. So appreciate you guys for showing love. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, let's talk some football. Let's talk some football here. Started off with the Super Bowl yesterday. What a game. Oh, my goodness. And I want to have this conversation with you. Did that Super Bowl win change the perception of how you feel? you go about building a championship team because we literally got the tale of two sides. We literally got the generational guy versus Mr. Irrelevant who had the team around him. And the generational guy ended up being the guy that comes away on top. It gets to an overtime period. And I think that the overtime sums up, not to say it changed my thought process on I'm not going to say it changed my thought press thought process on how you should build a team. But what I will say is when you have that guy that can put his team on his back and go in there and make the plays to get the W's, 
it's just different. And that overtime period was that. Brock Purdy gets the ball to start. They go down the field. They get, you know, a decent little drive, nothing crazy. Kick the field goal. They go up three. The system guy gets three. The generational guy. Set hut. Boom, we're moving down the field. Big play, big play, big play. Touchdown. Now, to say that you can just go find that guy in the draft or you can move forward with that guy, right? Like, it's not as easy to do as it is to say. I believe uh, um, Patrick Mahomes is, what, one of four quarterbacks who have won three or more Super Bowls, right? Like, it's not like this is happening all the time. It, it is the small portion of the of the community that is in what Pat Mahomes is. He is a special talent, but there's just something about having that guy that can go down there and get the job done when you need him to. We're just putting the team on his back, putting the team in a position to say, listen, we're going to figure this out. We're going to get down here. We're going to get this right. I mean, everything that this season has been, and you got to give credit to the defensive side and all of that, but everything that this season has been has literally been saying, wow. When you look at Pat Mahomes, how's he still doing this? Receivers aren't the same. Guys are dropping balls. Kadarius Tony's getting sent home. There's so much that has gone into this, right? And it's just continued success through whatever the circumstances are. Now, the problem with that is that talent is very hard to find. I don't know if Caleb Williams is that talent. I don't know if Justin Fields can become that talent. That is a level of talent that is truly the generational guy. And I don't know if we even have an opportunity at that in this draft or not. I get the comparisons. I get all of that. But did it change your opinion on how you go about building the team? Because to me, right, there's something about finding that special piece, but there's something about finding that special piece and putting them in a position where they can become that special piece. I don't think Brock Purdy's days are done. Do I think Brock Purdy's more of a system quarterback than Pat Mahomes is? 100%. I think Pat Mahomes can transcend the system. I think he's a game-changing player every play, week in, week out, play in, play out, doesn't matter how you do it. But when I look at what Purdy can become, the likelihood that he's going to become a good quarterback in a system that, yeah, he lost the Super Bowl. That's a gut punch. Kyle Shanahan has now lost two, three Super Bowls in total, right? But two Super Bowls as a head coach that way. Um, offensive line-wise, you know Brock Purdy is going to be protected. Defense, defense still built up. They still got a lot of time on that. CMC, Debo Samuel, uh, uh, um, George Kittle, right? Like there's so much there that it allows you the opportunity to actually develop and grow as a quarterback. I still believe that more times than not, the path to developing a QB is the path that Brock Purdy is on. But there is something about taking a chance on that generational guy that makes you just go, hey, yo, hold on now. Is he generational? Could he be generational? What are we seeing here? Is what we're seeing here true? Is what we're seeing here fool's gold? Are we putting him in a position where it's not going to matter what's happening on the field because this guy's that good? Because Pat Mahomes turned into a guy that is that good. I was impressed yesterday 
With everything great that Pat Mahomes has done, I was impressed yesterday because I sat there and I was like, Rasheed Rice is running the wrong routes. Travis Kelsey's not being as impactful. Isaiah Pacheco fumbling the football, right? There's a lot that goes into the game where you're just like, ah, Scott. I knew it was going to be a low-scoring game. I said it was going to be a low-scoring game. There's a lot that went into it where you're like, ah, this is a tough one for the Chiefs. I'm not going to lie. Offensively, it looks over with. And then just Pat Mahomes on his back, drop back, boom, Kelsey hit. Miko Hardman catching the game-winning touchdown in the, like, what? Transcending the position. I understand everybody's not going to be that. But did it change your perception of how you want to attack building this team and all? That's the question that I'm laying out there because I do think there's something to be said on. And and I think that's the one of two things, right? Not to say the Bears can't continue to build their team out uh, 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 in a similar way. But you know, right, if you trade the first overall pick, you're going to get a king's ransom of picks. You're going to have a ton of capital for you to go out there and utilize, right? And with with all that capital is going to come the opportunity for you to um, you know, build through the off, build the offensive lineup, go out and get more receivers, go out and get more help at three technique, go out, right? Like you've got the draft capital. Now the team's more enticing. You still got money over here and hey, we got what roughly $60 million in cap space to play with. Okay. Boom. Let's go. Let's pay Jalen Johnson. Let's go get this pay Justin. We're good. But then on the flip side of, And while, yes, I do still think the team will be successful, I'm one of the people, one of the few people in media that's sitting here and is like, I can see a path where both sides are successful here. But if you take the Caleb Williams, who's supposed to be the generational guy, can you develop him into the generational guy without all the things that the the frills and the fun that comes with trading the first overall pick? That to me, that to me, is the biggest question that Ryan Poles has to answer. It's always going to be in polls we trust around here. But that is the biggest question that Ryan Poles has to answer because if you can't answer, are we going to develop this guy the right way? I think, and yes, maybe it is a fault on the organization, but then you have to take the other option. Because you're just starting to cycle all over again. Pat Mahomes is a player. I never, I'll tell you this, last night, right, watching the game was the first time that I looked at Pat Mahomes and was like, you know what? Maybe it wouldn't have mattered if he'd gotten drafted here. Because <coughs> I've always been very big on if Pat Mahomes had got drafted here, he wouldn't be Pat Mahomes. But he's such a special player. Maybe it wouldn't matter. The part the part that sucks, though, and I will say this, the part that sucks the most, because the, the fact that that level of player, as amazing as Pat Mahomes is, the fact that that level of player is what we're putting on Caleb Williams is crazy, by the way. And everybody's putting that. that that's the level of pressure you're putting on him. This guy is the next Patrick Mahomes. This guy is the next big name. He is the next Patrick Mahomes. He is the next guy that's going to go out there and dominate the NFL for 10 plus years. That's who who Caleb Williams is. 
We should be like you're putting pressure on him to the point where you're basically like, listen, we should be sitting here seeing Pat Mahomes, Caleb Williams for the next 10 years in the Super Bowl. And yes, there's more that goes into it. Yes, there's more team building that has to happen. Yes, there's all of those things. I hear you on all. But that's a crazy amount of pressure to put on a rookie coming out. The next Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is such a different maker. It, it's it's concerning how good he is. I sit there and I was I literally watched him last night and I was like, he probably could have been successful on the Bears. I don't know if he's got the championship runs like he has here, but he probably could have been successful on the Bears if the Bears actually picked him. He would have been the guy. Like he's I watched him with nothing yesterday. Just Kelsey, really? It was just him and Kelsey yet again. And mostly it was him because they weren't utilizing Kelsey nearly as much as we've seen them utilize him in the past. That second half, they utilized him a lot more. I believe he was nine for 10, 93 yards on a day, but it's just... It, 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 you know what you're going to get with Pat Mahomes no matter what. Are you getting that in this draft? That is a heavy, heavy burden to lay at the feet of a young football player in Caleb Williams. But that's why Ryan Poles gets paid the big bucks. He's got to figure that part out. What is the best path for the Chicago Bears moving forward? Do you feel it's the capital? Do you feel it's Caleb Williams? And we got to see the generational talent win out yesterday versus what I would say is the capital. And it's kind of, it, it's it's such a very good conversation to have about this Bears team moving forward. Let me know how you guys feel in the comments below. I'll be down to talk with you as well. I uh, want to keep this thing moving along. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Got to talk about Big Z. Brad Biggs on 670 to score. Hard stance on the Justin Fields conversation, saying it's no longer a question between keeping Justin or moving on. The question now, and it's very clear, which quarterback are they going to draft? The Fields thing has run its course. So first things first. Do you believe that the Justin Fields conversation has run its course? Do you believe that the, the the that we're all just waiting for this all to end at this point? That it's done. It, it, there's no more chance. He's not going to be here. They're taking the first overall pick. Seeing a lot of stuff with that. But this is smokescreen season. This is throw something to the wall, see if it sticks. Here comes a story. We're putting a video out. We're putting a news report out. We're putting content out, baby. Content everywhere. And then you get to the other side of it. You'd be like, half of the content we put out was BS. None of this meant anything. Now, I'm not saying that about Bigsy. I'm not saying that Bigsy's not hearing, not saying what he's hearing. I believe that he talks to these people. I've seen him in the building, and he is very, very well connected and very good at his job. I don't think that he's one of those people that's going to just put something out there to see if it sticks. I don't believe he's he's worried about 
the 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 direction of it one way or the other because he's going to be covering the Bears one way or the other. I'm sure he has his personal opinion on it. I think for a while now we've known his opinion is I would rather move on and take the young quarterback over what we've seen in Justin Fields after what, four years now. He said that for a while now. He said that while the Chicago Bears were winning with Justin, while the Bears were actually turning things around, he was still beating that drum. And so maybe there is a little bit of opinion in there, but I do believe that he's a guy that comes out and he's going to sit there and tell you what he's hearing, tell you what people are telling him. The feeling seems to be, and we've heard this from a multitude of people, we're moving on from Justin Fields. The part that I love about that is, though, the only person who knows anything with any of it is who? King Poles. The only person who has any idea what he's going to do with this draft capital is who? King Poles. Because, yeah, sure, logically, does it make sense? 100%. Logically, it makes sense to take the young quarterback. You get four more years of controllability. You're able to go out there. You can... uh, um, you know, get what probably a second round pick for Justin Fields, which got some interesting conversation on the capital as well, but you can get that level of capital back for JF. Right. Um, and you, you draft players with that. You go out and you sign guys, you rebuild this team around Caleb Williams. You got more opportunity to spend money on other positions. Boom. Here we go. Logically. But logic doesn't always take into account the human element, the human element of what you've built, the culture you have, what's actually growing here. We saw them want to stick with the culture that they have currently. Are they going to want to stick with the culture that they have currently? Because we had uh, Brad Spielberger on here, right? And what'd he say? It's not that there isn't a cult, that Justin Fields is a part of the culture. Justin Fields is the culture. It's very good to hear that the players, won't there won't be a mutiny, right? DJ Moore came out and basically said, "Listen, I'm no matter what, whoever they put back there, I'm going to play with them. Whoever they have in the building, that's who's going to be my quarterback. I'm going to play with them, but I'd rather have Justin EQ. We had him on here. Justin's my guy. I'd rather play with him, right? Like no matter what player you talk to on this team, everybody wants Justin. That is a real element in this." I know there's a big portion of the fan base that doesn't want Justin. Although it didn't sound like it at that game. I understand everything that goes into that. Logically, does it make sense to go get Caleb? 100%. But when you bring in the human element, these guys are people. I know that in a lot of our minds, it's madness. Oh, we're going to, oh, I got the joysticks and I'm going to trade him and I'm going to make this move. And I'm, it's not, no, it's not mad. He's a real people. Real emotions are tied to this game. Long-term financial decisions are tied to this game. And so for me, when I'm sitting here and I'm going back and forth, I'm like, ah, I, I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I want Justin Fields to be the quarterback here emotionally. If Ryan Poles moves off of Justin Fields, it is what it is. And I think that brings the question up. What kind of draft capital could the Chicago Bears get if they were to move off of Justin Fields? 
And this is, to me, an interesting one because the teams that we've always talked about, as far as who would be in that Justin market, we've talked about Atlanta, of course. A new name now has emerged. I think Adam Schefter also uh, uh, corroborated this report, and I had been hearing from my people who I know out with uh, who cover the Steelers that the Steelers have a serious interest in Justin Fields. Mike Tomlin loves Justin Fields, uh, uh, Adam Schefter said today, and I've been hearing the same things. So now you've got interest from Pittsburgh in there. We'd also heard from Shefty that it was a limited pool, but now you've got at least two teams that are willing to possibly bid for the quarterback that you have. So when you look at Atlanta, I don't believe Mel Kuyper's report on the eighth overall pick. I think most people were shocked by that. We had heard that second round picks were probably what was available to the Bears. Atlanta sitting right now at that 43rd overall pick in the second round. Uh, They've also got the Jacksonville pick uh, at 79, which I would love to see if the Bears could kind of get a combination of that move, Justin, for a second, a third, maybe a future first. Um, that, That to me would be a dream scenario package if you have to move Justin Fields. Because you don't have a second round pick this season, so you're getting your second round pick back. You're able to go out there, possibly make some adjustments or some additions to the offensive line. I think with that third round pick, maybe you add to the receiver room with somebody later in this draft. Um, Or maybe you go free safety there, uh, replacing that Eddie Jackson, who's probably getting up out of here. Like There's there's a lot that you could do there to me um, that, that I thought was interesting. But I think the biggest thing for me is... Now with Pittsburgh in it, what does that add? What does that add to this whole dynamic of it? Because Pittsburgh sits right now with the 20th overall pick. In the second round, they have 51, so they have a lower second round pick than Atlanta would be able to offer. In the third round, they have 84. So both picks right now, lower than what the Bears would get from Atlanta if Atlanta was in on Justin Fields again. That second-round pick is what's being reported Justin Fields could get. Could we see Pittsburgh try and trade that first-round pick? Because 20's too far down. Me and Jay Mack were talking about this the other day. 20's too far down to go get any of the quarterbacks that you feel are the big-name guys or the guys that maybe turn your franchise around. Listen, if I was going to stick with a mediocre guy, I've got Kenny throw a picket already. He's here. We sold the jerseys. We made the money off of that. All right, let's get our next quarterback. They've got that 20th overall pick. If Atlanta comes to you with a second and a third, that third being Jacksonville's third, they still would own their own third, 43-79. Good package. Good package. Love what you're getting in trade there. Love how you're you're, uh, uh, able to build your team out. I would say that's a deal that if you are moving on from Justin Fields, make the deal. Pittsburgh sitting at 20 to me. Too far to get one of the guys at the top. Too far, too much capital to have to give up to trade up to get one of those guys at the top. Moving from 20 to what? You'd have to be about six to stay in that conversation. What are you giving up to go up from 20 to six? It's a lot of capital. You're giving up, you're giving up a haul. I believe six, the giants right now. So you're giving up a haul to get there. 
Does it make more sense to just take that 20th overall pick? Say, I've got this first round pick here. First round pick for Justin Fields, straight out. We got to outbid Atlanta. We know Atlanta wants him. We know Atlanta wants to work with him. We know Atlanta wants to get him down there, pair him up with Bijan. The bidding war starts here. I think that's a real possibility. I do believe that Pittsburgh is interested, as everything I've heard says that Pittsburgh is interested in bringing Justin Fields, uh, would be interested in bringing Justin Fields in. Okay, cool. What's that going to take to get it done? Your second and third round picks to me are not enough. Now, maybe you could go with some lower capital. They want to hold on to their first, but are they willing to gut the rest of their draft for Justin Fields? I don't see that as likely either. I think with that, with that, right, you get that first overall, you get that first round pick at 20. You're bringing in a guy that you feel, okay, already has certain talents, just needs some, some development here. Uh, what did Greg Gabriel say, right? One scout said, just speed up the delivery time, speed up his drop back. He's moving too slow into his drop back. It's taking too long for things to develop. We can slowly get there. We've got George Pickens already in place. We've got the running game here where we got to rebuild this offensive line, which is why we can't move off our second and third round guys, right? Like we have to be able to have this capital here. I think Pittsburgh absolutely makes sense for Justin Fields. And because of that, I think that there's there's a real possibility that the Bears might be able to sneak a first-round pick out of it. And again, I know this is the 20th pick in the draft and not the eighth pick in the draft, but if you can get a first-round pick for Justin Fields, you pull the trigger right now. You do not wait. Now, that's all with the belief of is Justin Fields the answer for Pittsburgh, I guess? Are they willing to bet on him as the answer? Because it's not just about trading him. You also got to uh, uh, pick up that fifth-year option and probably try and sign him to a new deal sooner than later. So there's a lot that goes into it on the Pittsburgh side as well. But Pittsburgh, to me, a very, very interesting team, a team that I would say keep an eye out on and that might be the one that you need to look at and say, listen, if Atlanta's willing to give you this, are they willing to up the bid? And the other thing is, too, that 20th pick right close enough to the second round for you to go, yes, we can get a, a young player here that's going to make a difference, but also we we could get a young player over there. Justin Fields, 24. People act like Justin Fields, like 37. Like, he's on his last legs. Here we go. But there's a young kid that still has a lot of time to develop. And I'm going to be honest with you. We're trading them away. I would rather not have them in the conference. <laughs> That's just me. I believe that Justin Fields still has a high ceiling. I think there's a lot left in him. Uh, I would love for him to achieve that here, but it, it seems like we're trending the other direction. But we, who knows? Again, I keep saying this. Ryan Poles got the card so close to his chest, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what he wants to do. Nobody knows how he wants to make moves. The guy that, to me, has the second greatest fleece in NFL history. I'm going to trust his decision making. At least for a little while. Let me know how you guys feel, man. Would you like to see Justin Fields, if he is moved, go to either Atlanta and or Pittsburgh? Those are the teams, to me, that stand out the most. It was a very interesting weekend overall in Bears talk, right? A couple of big news things that I thought really, you know, you really have to bring to the podcast and, and talk about. Basically, uh, uh, Ian Rappaport was talking over the weekend before the, I, I want to say the Saturday before the Super Bowl. 
and was talking about what level of compensation the Bears would have to get back to go the other way, to move the first overall pick. And again, this goes back to our first conversation, right? Do you take the historic haul or do you take the guy that somebody's willing to give you the historic haul for? Uh, Ian Rappaport said that it would take a historic haul for the Chicago Bears to move off of that first overall pick. And here's my thing. We knew that. We knew that it was going to take a historic haul. Why is this new news? Why is this something different? Because all the reports around the league, all the reporting that Courtney Cronin has done on this podcast, all the reporting that we have heard about the Chicago Bears and what they want and what they're looking for and what they can get for the first overall pick has been it would be more than what the Bears got last season. Last season was historic. Last season was a historic trade. First round pick that turns into, or first overall pick that turns into DJ Moore, Darnell Wright, Tyreek Stevenson, the first overall pick the next year. What? And another pick coming in the next year's draft? That's historic. The Bears can get more than that this time around. So if that was historic, I already knew that what the Bears could trade for is historic. This is why I say it's smokescreen season. Because guess what? Big Z's report could be exactly what he's hearing. Rappaport's report could be exactly what he's hearing, which is why I asked the question, which would you rather have? Because I fully believe the draft capital you'll get back for the first overall pick will be historic. Will be something you look back at and go, wow. This is what we got two years in a row. And we'll be coming into next year's draft. Now, I don't know if it'll be the first overall pick again, but we'll be heading into next year's draft going, hey, yo. Historic. Look at what we got, including what we still got from the draft before this. And now we're adding this in. We still got a pick coming from Carolina, a second round pick coming from Carolina next year. And in the draft that's not happening this year in, in the 2025 draft. And on top of that, now we got the capital from the 2024 draft that we're adding to the 2025 draft. Historic. So it's not a surprise to me that if that first overall pick is there and the Bears did want to move off of it, this is why every single day is going to be something different. It's going to be a different conversation because the 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 conversation on what historic is, it's more than what you got last season. Yeah, it may not be the Herschel Walker trade. It may not be the Herschel Walker trade. It might not be, right? You're not getting a Ricky Williams trade here where they traded an entire draft to go get one player. But historic to me is something where you look back at it and you go, what were you guys thinking? And this year, there's enough teams thinking Caleb Williams is Jesus Christ with a football in his hand. Perfect. That's what I need. That's what I need teams to think. 
And the biggest question with that is, do you feel like, and I get it, right? Like, I guess this goes back to the Super Bowl conversation, game manager versus the generational talent. If he is a generational talent, Pat Mahomes is a generational talent, right? I take those weapons away from Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's probably not in the Super Bowl. Do you feel like Justin Fields is the, can can get to Brock Purdy levels of good? There's That's still a question that's on the table. I do. I personally feel like, yes, if you build around guys, they will be able to go out there and make plays. I think Justin Fields is that level of guy. Oh, he doesn't process stuff quickly enough. It's never going to come to him. Well, last year was the first year we ever had time to process anything. Last year was the first year where I looked at it and I was like, yep, no, that mistake's on you, kid. There's nothing to do with the pressure in your face. You got to let the football go. He was slow. Some of the great passes he made didn't have to be great passes if he just turns and fires. But there's so many people that believe that this is what Justin Fields will be for the rest of his career. He's 24 years old. There's a lot of career left. (laughs) He's going to be in the NFL. There's a lot of career left. And majority of those people believe he's going to go to another team and he's going to unlock that there. So my question again, if you take the hall, can he just unlock it here? If I go out and for some and somehow, right, I end up being able to move back to two or three. I don't take the quarterback. Maybe this is all to hype up Washington to get them into it. I don't take the quarterback. Boom. I got MHJ on my team. I got DJ Moore. I got MHJ. They want to play together anyway. Sweet. Now I got Justin Fields back here. Maybe we add in a little more on the running game side, right? Like, but, but there's there's pieces that legitimately can be put in place. I believe no matter the situation, Ryan Poles has done such a good job. The Chicago Bears can take strides in the right direction next season. Caleb Williams or Justin Fields. It's really just about which one do you think is a Super Bowl stride. But the conversation on the Bears, right? Like when I heard Ian Rappaport say the Bears would only move off the first overall pick if it was a historic trade, it's going to be a historic trade. I don't think that was ever in question. I don't think that was ever confusing. I don't think that was ever something that we looked at and was like, yeah, no, it's going to be a pretty mid trade. They might give you a first round pick. Even We've heard from Shefty, right, that even just moving back to Washington could fetch you two first round picks. Moving back one space to Washington could fetch you two first round picks. And I would assume he means trading back the one space this year. You get that pick and you get two first round picks on top of that. Now, is that historic? No, probably not. Maybe they include a player. I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't say that that's a historic trade. But I think if you want to talk to the Giants, I think if you want to talk to the Patriots because they know what, what it's going to be for, to, to move from two to one, I think if you want to talk to, right, like name the team that's in the back on, on the back end that needs a, 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 a new quarterback in place. Historic is available, boys. Historic is is a no-brainer here. I think that that is right like you and that's the one thing about this show that I want to want to be able to have both sides of the conversation. Love Bigsy's report, love uh, um 
uh, Rappaport's report, but I think both options are still available. And that's why I'm excited to see where this is all going to end up and how they, because I think no matter what, it's going to end up where Bears fans on both sides go, all right, not bad, not bad. Now let's see what you can do on top of that. If you come out of this draft and we end up keeping Justin Fields, but we've got draft picks out the wazoo and we're selecting pieces that are actually hitting on a consistent basis, we go get MHJ and you're upset. You just like yelling. (laughs) You just like yelling. And I'm not just yelling to yell. I yell for a purpose. I'm excited about this upcoming draft. I feel like the Bears have everything at their fingertips right now, and it's just about which hand they want to reach out and grab with. Let me know which one you guys are vibing with in the comments below. Final thing on the docket today that I did want to get to that I thought was very... Uh, that I, I'll say this. If, if you do something like this, probably leans you more towards drafting Caleb Williams, but... The report from Jeremy Fowler that the Chicago Bears are very high on edge rusher Daniil Hunter. Oh, the defensive senses are tingling. I'm excited on the possibility of a Daniil Hunter being a Chicago Bear moving forward. This one also came out, I believe, Saturday as well. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of Bears news Saturday. Um, but this one was one that intrigued me because when you look at Daniil Hunter, you know what he brings. The veracity, the tenacity, uh, the ability to get to the quarterback. Um, I mean, listen, he, he hurt Justin Fields last year because Justin held on to the football too long. Um, the And we were blocking bigs on small. Um, what that does for you in the division to me defensively. Now you're talking about having probably the best defensive front in the division. Um, or at least from the edge position, you still need Javon Dexter to get a lot better. Uh, but, but seeing kind of what this is all becoming, seeing how Daniel Hunter plays, pairing that up with Montez sweat, my God, where you got to sit there and go, I actually don't know who's better. Like I, in my mind, Daniel Hunter's better. But the Montez Sweat I saw last year, to me, is not a Montez Sweat that we're used to seeing. Leading two teams in sacks with six plus? All right. Yeah, I mean, okay, here we go. That's a conversation I'm willing to have. And the one thing that I will say is if you do that, like I said, you're probably going to have to end up drafting Caleb in that situation because um, you're not getting him for a little bit of money. Now, you may still be able to get him for the $20 million that uh, Minnesota paid him this season, and then it slowly gets more. Because the one thing that I do know about a lot of these players is they get to a point where they're like, I'll make the same amount of money next season. I'm willing to do that as long as it's not here. As long as it's not in this building. And I think that that's kind of where Daniil Hunter... Uh, is with the Minnesota Vikings right now. I mean, didn't want to. They didn't want to give him the contract. He's like, all right, well, I'm just not going to show up to to training camp or any of that. And they're like, well, I guess we could work out a contract here. They end up working out a one year, twenty million dollar deal. Can you get him in for twenty million next year? Slowly let that rise up. Right, little little escalating contract that goes on throughout the duration. Daniil Hunter to me. Um, you can get a lot of long-term value out of. I don't think he's somebody that's going to just fall off a cliff. 
uh, uh, anytime soon. 29 years old. Um, and just dominant from that edge. Yes, he did have the injury issues. What was that? Two years ago, pretty much 2021, something like that, where he went through the injury time. But since coming back 2022, 10 and a half sacks this season, 16 and a half sacks. He's not slowing down pressure on the quarterback position. You have to have the conversation on right because of the money. You probably end up moving on from Justin. But if you're going to have the conversation about moving on, the one thing that Ryan Pace got right and the best move he ever made for Mitch was going to get Khalil back because it made that defense so dominant that Mitch was able to start in short fields in 2018. Now, when the injuries piled up, things like that made it a lot tougher. But if you're going to go get Caleb Williams, you want to have a defense backing him up so that he knows if he makes a mistake, he's good. It doesn't have to be a costly mistake. Ah, I shouldn't have thrown that pick. That's tough. All right, we on the sidelines. Dang it. Defense gets you the ball back or defense puts you in a short yardage position because they don't allow a lot. That's what bringing in a guy like Daniel Hunter can do for you. Yes, you still have to add all those things offensively, but going out, you, you're probably playing uh, Jalen Johnson. JJ's probably sticking around here. You're probably holding on to... Uh, um, or you're, you're probably moving on from Eddie Jackson, which opens up a little bit of money. Bears work with about like $60 million-ish going into this uh, free this offseason now. So with all of that, you add in Daniil Hunter, sign me up. Sign me up. Now, are there other positions I would prioritize before it? Yes, I'd go get Chris Jones. Chris Jones is going to cost a lot more than Daniil Hunter is. But I go get Chris Jones because I think three technique is the linchpin of this defense. I think you've heard Lance say that a bunch of times. You've heard J-Max say that. We've heard a ton of former Bears. When we had Tommy Harris on the show, right, he talked about that as well. But at the end of the day, it, it comes down to the ability to go out there and and force the quarterback into tough positions. Daniil Hunter's good at that by himself. Montez Sweat was good at that by himself. What can that tandem do together? And a more consistent tandem than if you were to bring in Chase Young. Although Chase Young heard y'all, he played phenomenally in the Super Bowl for the most part. Um, but it, like a, another tandem that you you look at and say, okay, these guys together is 20 plus sacks a year. And now the second round pick we took last year doesn't have to worry as much about getting pressure up the middle because, right, he's still got to be good at it. He's still got to improve at it, but now he can improve at his own pace because those guys by themselves were a problem. What are they going to do if they're standing across from each other? That, to me, gets me excited about what the Chicago Bears can do on this defensive line. I think Daniil Hunter would be a great asset to this Bears team. I do think in that sense, right, you're probably moving on from Justin because you're going to have multiple contracts, high-money contracts, on the defensive side, guess when you do that? You usually go get the young QB in that situation. Why can why can the Niners go out and spend so much money on that defense and add CMC and things like that? Brock Purdy makes like $40. And yes, Caleb does come in making more money than Justin initially. He does. $8 million, I believe, as the first overall pick is what you end up getting, whatever the signing bonus is. It's crazy money as the first overall pick. But as that contract goes on, you get more time to stay around that $8 million range versus going out there and having to pay $25, 26000000 million to Justin on that fifth-year option. That does make a difference if you're going to invest defensively on this team. Not to say you can't invest offensively, but you would think
think the offensive pieces you're going to get are going to be lower money guys for a little while now, right? You got Darnell Wright. He's still on his rookie deal. You would have Caleb Williams on a rookie deal. Hopefully you go out and you're able to get a receiver at nine, Romo Dunze, if he's able to fall that far. I think that that would be somebody right on a rookie deal. Yeah, you got DJ Moore locked up already. He's under contract. We're good to go. Probably got to pay Tevin Jenkins. Do you want to? That's a conversation for a different day. But health-wise, he's an interesting piece that you do have to have the conversation on, right? Like there's so many things that to me you you can sit here and and talk about on as far as financially how the Bears are in a good spot here. But for you to go out and add a big money piece on the defensive side, you're probably not going to be able to have that big money piece at the quarterback position right now. And I think that would mean ultimately moving on from Justin Fields if you went out and you wanted to get a guy like Daniil Hunter. Um, but having, I guess, right, like I said, if, if you're going to go get that guy, Daniil Hunter's the type of guy you go get. And you hope to have improvement from your three-technique position going into next season. He's the type of guy you want to go get. I'd be I'd be thrilled to have him here in Chicago. Uh, and, and you would have something that legitimately is the best in the NFC North. You would have the best defense in the NFC North. I, I think the Bears... The Bears probably already do have the best defense in the NFC North, and we're being 100% honest about it. But, okay, all right. She's the uh, series over here talking. Um, I was trying to chime in on the pod. But I, I would be, um, <laughs> you, you, you would not get worse by adding Daniil Hunter. I'll say that. Let me know how you guys feel, man. Let me know how you guys feel about everything we've talked about. Would you be in on Daniil Hunter as well? Would you take the haul? Would you keep the quarterback? That's going to be the conversation all the way until the draft hits. So much content coming, you guys. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Leave that five-star review. Y'all know what to do. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. Running it dolo on this one, but love to talk with you guys. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bear Don, one love. Peace.